Welcome back to the Pick 199 podcast, episode 54. I'm here with Muzzy. E. Nico. What's up? Coxie. Hey. And this week we have a big catch-up to do on the EPL because we didn't do it two weeks ago. So without a doubt, let's start with one of the biggest games of uh, two weeks ago. We had Liverpool 5-0 over Watford. Uh, this was the start of... Mo Salah claiming the number one player in the world. Fucking hell. Um, nice little hat-trick here. <laughs> I mean, this is bad. Wait till we get to the next game. Um, was this Liverpool the game, in really good form. Was this so. the game that he had the assist, though, too, when he kicked it on the outside of the boot? Yeah, it might have been. Uh, was it? Firmino. Firmino, yeah. 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 I was, thinking, I was thinking of this week's game when he kicked it, uh, when the he Abbey gave Taylor. it to Keta. Yeah. 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 No. I think this is, this is more of a showing of Firmino and that he should be in the squad. I think definitely over Jota. Um, yeah. I think he's just he's just been a class above for Liverpool for a long time. Um, has been interesting that Jurgen Klopp's decided to keep Jota in for a bit. I think he just wanted to see what he could get out of him. I think he, sort of, he knows what he can get out of Firmino. Um, but obviously, it's important having the backup striker. Um, do you think Jordan's um, a bit erratic at the minute for that Liverpool system? I, I, I genuinely think he's playing in the wrong position. I don't know what Snake thinks, but I, I don't, I don't think he's a he's a centre forward or a striker. Where would you like out on the wing? Would you prefer him? Or I, like I, I'd prefer him in the midfield. Yeah, he, he did, yeah, he did a job for Wolves in the midfield. I think. That's probably his best spot. There's probably a real opportunity for him to move back into midfield now because it looks like Cater's. I don't know how his injury is um, from the United game. Um, so there's an opportunity there to put him back in the midfield and then start Mane. I think the thing you get out of is like his pace, but the thing you get out of Firmino is his finishing and passing ability. Like he can, he's like play himself. That, he's so he unselfish. That, yeah, he can play that faint nine sort of position yeah. really well, and especially when you got like Mo Salah just fucking tearing up like he, like he's playing under eights again. Yeah, yeah. So there's an opportunity to move him back in the midfield. I reckon it's not a bad move putting him back there, or even start him off the bench. Yeah. But uh, no, good win for Liverpool, and we'll jump up. Onto the next game, we had Chelsea getting a 1-0 win over Brentford. Um, Got to be honest, I was shitting bricks a bit here because we didn't look very good at all for the majority of this game. The Brentford had the majority of the ball in the second half too. They they were looking really strong. and like I would not be surprised if they do a few more giant kills this year. Well, they've already done a couple. Like they had a three-all draw with, um, with Liverpool and there's been a few games that they've won and won well. well they beat, and... beat Arsenal straight up off the yeah. bat too. Remember? So, so, yeah, the first game, yeah. So they've um they've been a real surprise packet um mm. coming up this year. So it's been I good. can't wait for him to play uh, Man United at the minute. That'll be another five nil. <laughs> Jumping up, we had Leeds losing one nil no to Southampton. Going on in uh, my end with tears. <laughs> Southampton with the 1-0 win over Leeds. Leeds continuing. I think they're close to relegation at the minute too. Have yeah. they won a game yet? Or is it? No, they have, they have won one. Yeah. I think one or two maybe. Um, but I think yeah. they're only in like seven points or something. It's like yeah. one win, three draws or something. Yeah, they are struggling at the moment. They, they've been struggling for a little while now. And yeah. Yeah. If you're their manager, I'd, I'd be seriously worried about where they're going to end up. But, yeah. Um, Battle of the Nufties, we had Brighton nil all draw with Norwich. I mean, nothing like oh, a nil all draw in a, in a cup with a couple of teams that have been dog shit. Well, I know it's been a, it was a nil all draw, and I know Brighton haven't been good, but well, they've won four games already this year, and they're currently sitting in the fifth spot. So, I did actually think they'd be able to knock over Norwich. So, well, yeah. considering where they are, buddy, you, you would hope so. But Yeah. But if Brian want to be half up the top, then they've got to make sure they take care of these games. So. Mm. Yeah. And Norwich, yeah. 
I think it was a half lifeline for Norwich, but they they look like they're just you know just in the wrong league. They just look like they're and there's no chance that they're 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 staying within the Premier League. Yeah. For the championship, not the premiership. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we had Man City with an easy 2 0 win over Burnley. Uh, just another eight. good win for uh, Man City. Um, moving on, we had Leicester 4 over Man United 2. Coxie. Had yeah. A- that game um, was always going to be tough for us. Uh, you know, Leicester are a pretty good side. Um, but it was good to see Rashford out there get his goal. Uh, Greenwood scored a cracker, but other than that, there wasn't too much going on. Leicester just sort of, I think they just wanted it more. Um, and you could see it when, you know, I think it was Vardy scored the third goal for Leicester. Yeah. Um, like, you know, the centre-backs were sitting right off him and he, he just had, it was unmarked there on the penalty spot and just slotted it um, when the ball came across. So it's, you can't win if you're not going to be man-marking tight, especially in the box. It just looks like the defense is in shambles. Well, when you give space oh, to I'm in shambles, I'm in shambles. So, <laughs> well, when you when you give space to players like Vardy and then even Tielemans well, goal, you can't. He's a poacher. Anything in the box, man, he's got it. Like you can't give him space. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what those United boys were thinking, but Maguire just looked like he was too slow. I know he's coming back from, you know, whatever injury he had, but he just looked too slow that game against Leicester. But like I think Ooh. also. Varane wasn't playing that game either. And I think when Varane's been out, Harry Maguire's been exposed like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, Varane sort of covers him well. He's got yeah. a lot more movement. And Lindelof isn't as good as Varane. But, you know, Lindelof was in that game. And, um, yeah, I guess you're right, Roscoe. just exposed him big time. I think I think it's not all all bad news for that. In terms of that, that first half, United looked really under control and looked to, looked to be taking control of the game. Um, yeah. It was just unfortunate not to get a couple more goals. I think in the first half they really needed, mm. they really needed to put. I think one more goal would have disheartened Leicester enough that you probably could have snuck out a draw, yeah. at least. Um, yeah, and I think if the boys wanted enough, I think they could have got there. I just yeah. think they just, I don't know. I think they're already thinking about that Liverpool game. To be honest, yeah, I think it's also like. Like Man United have these moments where they have lapses in judgment. Like Fred gets pulled in and out, and like, and then that exposes the centre backs really early. So, look, I don't talk little... too much about United just yet because I plan on doing a lot of talking about them after their last performance. Well, we'll get to that in a minute, mate. Just hold your excitement in, you stinky bit. Uh, moving on, we had the uh, Wolves. A 3-2 win over Aston Villa. Uh, good win for the Wolves. Uh, a little bit disappointing for Aston Villa too, who see, can't seem to find the back of the net as often as they would like, I think, for mm. the team that's trying to crack yeah. that top eight sort of position. Yeah. Yeah. And there were, it was it was a very back and forth game. It was a really, a really entertaining game to watch too. Mm. Um, but yeah, again, um, Wolves look pretty decent and look like they can actually pull together some finishing. Uh, they had their the new striker playing up front with Jimenez again. Um, and it seemed to work pretty well. So, um, yeah, they seem to be doing pretty well for themselves at the moment. Wolves? Really disappointing for Aston Villa, but being up 2-0, 80 minutes gone. Yeah. And then you can see three in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, that that hurts. And mm. it's good for Wolves, but it's not great for Aston. Yeah. But I think that also speaks to, like, the amount of competition that's in in the Prem at the minute, like you could be two, three nil up and a team can come back and score like bang, bang, bang. The level of competition at the minute is is probably one of the best it's been in a while. So Mm. very good. Uh, Moving on, we had the Spurs knuckling out a 3-2 win over Newcastle. When Newcastle, was it, they were 2-1 up at one stage? I was like, oh, please let it happen. Please uh, let them have... Yeah, 1-0 up. I didn't know where. Yeah. Well, they were definitely 1-0 up, and then yeah. I thought it might have been 2-1 at one stage. Yeah. But uh, good for Spurs to get that win out. Uh, tough, for, tough for Newcastle after the announcement of uh, them being taken over by the PIF. Um, but I think this, this sort of loss almost solidified that 
departing ways with Steve Bruce too of Newcastle. Mm. Yeah. I think it's been on the cards for a little while now. And I know watching watching some YouTubers like that are that are big on the Prem, like they're big in the Prem Premier League space. Uh, they can't wait to see the back of uh, Steve the, the Steve Bruce era. Like he doesn't he doesn't offer much tactically, and when you think like Rafa Benitez pretty much had that team in the middle of the middle of the table last year before he was um, backed, like with the same squad. Yeah. Like I don't know, I don't know what to get what to take from that, but. And I think if you look at where Newcastle are obviously aiming to go as an organisation, you can obviously see that he's not going to be the coach that's going to get the job done. No. Because they don't want to be even finishing mid-table these days. They're all about winning trophies. So, Well, it's going to be interesting because the, the owners did say that they want to build a sustained success for that club. They yeah. don't want to just go like balls to the wall, like just splashing heaps and heaps of money. Whether or not that happens, though, is yet to be seen. Because, I mean, when they they've got was it three hundred twenty million pound in the in their financial free play, um, the financial fair play, sorry, in their cap. So yeah, like, that's that's, yeah, that's what they're eligible for and to use um, before all signings and stuff goes through. Um, yeah, look, it's it's going to be very interesting. I think they've got to sort of pick one one of two approaches and. I think you got to look at clubs like Manchester City and Chelsea who have done it in recent years. Um, Chelsea went down the route of uh, learning out players and earning money through that route to make a sustainable system that can bring in talent. Um, City sort of went down the different route where they looked at reinvesting in their youth yes, yeah. um, and working through their youth through that uh, through that way. So, and then, but obviously, once both of those systems work through, both teams just ended up spending it spending the cash that they needed to. So it'll be interesting to see what Newcastle do. If Newcastle do go through that, they're the only really ways of saying sustainable, I think. Um, I don't think there's any other clubs that do it any other way. It's either through your youth or through your loan system, like Chelsea or City do, and um, same with Liverpool. Um, and sort of what's struggling United at the moment um, is that they don't have that necessarily, that loan system or that... Um, Youth hasn't been as produced as much as they want. Prefer to um, let them sit on the bench, waste the wave. Yeah, you know. Well, at least, but like the good thing for Newcastle though too is they've got such a big fan base. Like they've probably got one of the biggest fan bases in in the whole prem as well. Like if even if you compare it to like Man City and Chelsea at the minute, like the the amount of fans that they have, like at each game, is like it's always that capacity sort of thing. So yeah. They'll always have money coming in through there too. So they also don't have a lot of really close competing clubs. So like they get sole fan base sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. They're like established by themselves up north. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, very good. Uh we had West Ham getting a one nil win over Everton. This is a pretty, pretty um pretty decent game, actually. Like back and forth the whole game. Um, but a good win for West Ham too. So so yeah. No comments, boys. Damn. We had Crystal Palace with Arsenal two all. Uh, this is this is a pretty entertaining game. Even though I think everyone was sort of hoping that this would be the final nail on the coffin for Arteta and uh, Arsenal, um, knuckling out a two all draw with uh, Crystal Palace is a pretty pretty decent performance. Yeah, they got a they got a last minute goal to sort of save them in that game. Um, Yeah, Crystal Palace Palace looked really good and looked to take control of it. And it just ended up on a silly error from their goalkeeper, Gaeta, as he sort of got rid of the ball. um, And then he was just chipped at the end. So it happens, but Crystal Palace, they'll they'll learn how to win those games. And I think Vieira's really got them in a good spot uh, to where I think they'll be, they'll, they'll compete for that top 10 spot. And I think if they can keep their players as they progress, keep Vieira, I think they're in a really good spot. And there's a lot of teams in that same position, like West Ham, Brighton, seem to be showing glimpses of that this year as well. Um, And Everton, of course, and Wolves. So a lot of teams trying to build up the rest of that team. So it's going to be very interesting for years to come. Absolutely. Well, 
Moving on to the start of game week eight, I believe. Uh, we had Chelsea with a 7-0 win over Norwich. Um, so for, for Chelsea fans' uh, perspective, it was good to see us score them more than two goals. Yeah. I think that's probably been the biggest criticism of us this year is that we haven't scored probably as many goals as we should be. Yeah. Um, and we had Mason Mount get his first hat-trick, I think, too. So, so it was a really good result for us. Um, it's hard to take too much away from it being Norwich, but... Seven nil, seven nil. So, yeah, I'll take it any day of the week. Um, you had uh, Timo Werner on the bench again. Um, do you think that's his his spot? Uh, I think for the small foreseeable future, it probably will be, considering yeah. that we're playing habits up front a lot as well. Uh, and when we've got Mason Mount sort of playing really well as well off off the back of like him and Lukaku. I don't see how Werner's going to fit in there at the minute. Yeah. Unless it's like we have a midweek game for the Champions League and we sort of want to rest players. Yeah. Um, he's he's another player that I think might benefit from position change or at least look into a position change just because he's not as ruthless as some of the strikers you guys have now or even some of the players that you have at the moment, wingers yeah. as well. Um, I think he might benefit from a, a position change as well. I, yeah, I don't think he'll be bad in uh, like a centre mid role. Um, yeah. Playing off like Jorginho and uh, Kovacic or even Kante. Um, he does offer speed off the ball too. So he can he can push forward really quickly if we need him to. So he's, he's sort of interchangeable at the minute. I think because I think he's sort of been exposed by the Premier League though too, like being such a defensive sort of league, like one of the best leagues in the world too, like like when he was scoring goals left, right, and centre for uh, Leipzig, I think. Yeah. Um, like it, it, that was the German league. So, like you know, there's like four or five teams that are decent in that, and then the rest aren't great. So, yeah, I think he's sort of been exposed a bit in this league, which probably in the long run won't be bad for him. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we had Arsenal with the three-one win over Aston Villa. Uh, Arsenal look pretty good in this game as much as I hate to say it um, Aston Villa have just been a little bit out of touch with uh, the team that they've got I think not having Grealish there is really starting to hurt them a bit too yeah it's really starting to I think expose some flaws um, that he was covering up a lot of and um, I don't think they're um, sort of dealing with it in the right way um, and it's just, yeah, hopefully they can turn it around because it would it would suck to see them go down after, you know, spending nearly all the money that they got for Jack Grealish. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be very disappointed if they went down at the end of the year. Do you think they were aggressive enough in the, the transfer market after they sold off Grealish? Yeah, like, like we talked about at the start, I, I thought that they, they did well in the transfer market to get what they got. Um, they sort of spread out their money enough. Um, whether they picked the right players to replace what they needed to, we were a bit iffy about that, and I think it's sort of showing now yeah. um, that they just couldn't couldn't get the value that they wanted to. the The market was crashed, so you know, like a lot of players that probably weren't worth the money that they got got it. Um, so I think that had a big impact because they sort of had this pressure to spend straight away. There wasn't a lot of good assets out on the market. Yeah. So, yeah. But like I said, they missed out on on a couple of really good young signings. I think um, their winger Leon Bailey is going to be an absolute superstar. Um, he just needs time. They oh, they should have. I think they should have picked up Damari Gray. Um, yeah. I think I think he would have been a really really good signing for them, uh, just to give him that extra bit of pace to go up with Danny Ings. Um, but yeah, look, there, there was definitely a couple of other pieces that they could have added, but. We'll see how they go towards the end of the year. It's still early days. Hopefully they can turn around. Absolutely. Moving on, uh, we had Man City with a nice 4-1 win over Brighton. Uh, must, he must be pretty happy with that. Yeah, it was good. Brighton came in, obviously, good form. They had been for, for a couple of weeks. I thought we were going to really struggle to break down their defence. Um, Brighton always known for having awesome defence. Um, we played well. We um, sort of held, held possession. Held in control. The first half was a bit 
up and down. Um, Phil Foden had an absolute cracker. Um, he just seems to be getting in better and better form and keeping a lot of high, higher priced players than himself um, out on the bench. So um, obviously Pep's seen some good stuff from him and yeah, I'm ha- happy with his form and the, the team looks to be sort of pulling together again. So I don't know if you saw uh, like uh, Pep was uh, interviewed and he was talking about Phil Foden and he was saying like every every game that he sort of played, he's asking for more time on the field. Like so, it started off as like, te- oh, happy to go on at like half time, or I'd be yeah. happy like a minute to go, and then oh, give me twenty minutes this week, boss. Give me thirty minutes, and then yeah. start being like sort of thing. Like I think once he got that that confidence of uh, the run that he had during the Champions League last year is like really sort of. Yeah, and it's and it's it's interesting because like he had so much time out, but a lot of a lot of the players were talking about how good he is in training, mm-hmm. um, like year year and a half ago um, when he wasn't getting like any game time, and I think it is a, a confidence thing, and I think the more the only thing is because he's so young, uh, worried about you know if he makes a couple of mistakes um, and that we drop a few games that his confidence goes down. I think he needs to stay on top of that because while his confidence is really high, he plays really, really well. Like he's one of those players that you need him to be really cocky. Yeah, exactly. Because um, if he's not cocky, then um, he just sort of distances himself from play and stuff. Hmm. Well, you need him to sort of take control of the game and be, yeah, yeah, I can be, you know, a superstar. In, in a, a big dog, club. Yeah. yeah. Um, is his form keeping uh, Sterling out of the side, you reckon? No, I, I don't think so. Um, Sterling Sterling wasn't in wasn't in the squad um, when Foden wasn't getting any time. I think Pep Pep's just I think Sterling's just he's fallen down the, the pecking order and now we've got so many wingers um, and they're all showing up and Jesus is playing awesome. Um, had another great game out on the wing. Uh, Phil Foden's he, he can he's playing anywhere at the moment. They played him in the mids. They played him in the wing. Had a bit of a stint up front as well on the weekend as a false nine. Um, so yeah, look, I don't, I don't think so. I think he's at the moment he's just being outplayed by a whole lot of other good players at the moment. So yeah. well, yeah, when you think you put on top of that Grealish, who can play left wing as well, yeah. or Red like, Morris, like, and yeah. then you. Bernardo Silva that's sort of playing that center attacking mid, but also pushing out to the wing as well. So yeah, yeah. So you got like four or five wingers that are sort of ahead of him at the moment. So hmm. respect to you, sign Neymar, mate. Get another winger in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on, we had a two-all draw with Southampton and Burnley. Uh, not much to go off on this game. It's pretty pretty evenly matched in terms of positioning and whatnot. Uh, next game, we had Wolves and Leeds with a one-all draw. Uh, probably disappointing for Wolves not to to play a bit better and get the win, considering how poor Leeds have been this year. Yeah. I think Wolves Probably. played well, but it's back to that um, inability to score. I think they had that week where they, they played well, and then it's back to not being able to score. So. And to lead for 80 minutes of that game, we can see the goal in the 94th minute to walk away with the draw. Yeah, you need like if you want to be half competitive or even sit in the middle of the table in this league, you got to make sure you get those wins. Exactly. Uh, Watford had a five-two win over Everton. I'm not sure that anyone saw this result coming in terms of Everton getting getting smacked at home. And like um, to concede four goals in the space of twelve minutes, mm-hmm. I think is one of the craziest things I've ever like. And to be like behind and then go and score four goals. I thought this was going to be the talking point out of the whole round, to tell you the truth. I thought Chelsea originally and then this. Yeah. Um, didn't see it coming. Not great news for Everton. But I, I think since since the since the of injuries that they've had at the start of the season, they've looked so out of sync. Yeah. Even with those players coming back now, um, Richarlison, I think, I think he got a goal. But they just looked – they still looked yeah, out of sync. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so uh, it's worrying signs. I think if you're an Everton fan for the moment, um, but I think they will they will come back together in the near near future. Absolutely, like there's one good team in the city. 
Uh, moving on, we had Newcastle and Crystal Palace knuckling out a one-all draw. Um, probably disappointing for Crystal Palace in terms of the, the type of form they've been in. But, look, I, I don't know much. I didn't see much of this game, so yeah. I can't comment on it too much. Um, and with that, we move on to the 5-0 drubbing of Liverpool over Manchester United. I did not see this scoreline coming. I would have thought maybe 1-0 or 2-1. Probably 2-1 oh, Liverpool, I would have thought. Coxie, you haven't spoken in 20 minutes. Keta, what do you think of the game first? Oh, I've just lost the love of the game, boys. It happens <laughs> when you get absolutely flogged 5-0 at your own, you know, your home, home ground. Um, I suppose, you know, like the way we've played at Old Trafford, like, you know, losing 1-0 to Aston Villa. And then, you know... Um, just we just get defeat after defeat there, like only scraping a draw out of West Ham, or was it West Ham or Everton? Can't remember now. Um, but yeah, like I, I wasn't really too confident going into this game. I I kind of thought we'd get beat, but um, yeah, when I woke up and saw that scoreline, I wasn't really expecting a, a five nil clapping. So no, no. Yeah, well, it was like just before you start, Snake O. Um, you know, like. <laughs> Muzzy sort of asks a question about is Ollie the bloke to, you know, to go forward with the boys. But I, honestly, after the sort of run we've had and only sort of scraping a win against um, Atalanta, uh, I don't know. I think honestly we've got to we've got to look in a different direction. I know they're looking at um, Conte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, I think he would be a good personality getting there just to sort of kick. They all need to kick up the ass, really. Um, well, especially when Conte is such a defensive-minded coach too, like. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be. Yeah. Could you imagine he'd be fucking working Harry Maguire that hard? Yeah, he'll have a heart yeah. attack. I honestly think Ollie's time's done. I can't see him be there for much longer. Um, and usually I'm, you know, usually I'm always sort of against clubs that are quick to get rid of a major. But like you think of Frank Lampard at Chelsea, Roscoe, like he wasn't doing that bad, and they well, got rid of him. I was just about to say, do you think it's sort of in that same sort of vein though? Like they both have like Frank Lampard pretty much took. Chelsea as far as he could go tac- tactically. Yeah. Uh, I think that might be just about time for Oli too, like in terms of yeah. tactics, because he just hasn't figured out how to fix that like that central mid-roll. With yeah, like he's had enough time. Like he's, it's not like he hasn't had enough time either. You know, Ronaldo came in, that was a bit like a bit of a band-aid. Um, when Fernandez came in, that was really good, and then he brings in other players that he just sits on the bench and lets them waste mm-hmm. away. So... I don't know. I think we need a change, to be honest, to shake it up. What do you What do you think about Lampard stepping into the role at United? Yeah, um, I don't think he'd be the first choice. Yeah, I think I if you put him in there, you have the same issue you got with Oli. Yeah, I, I think, think so too. Yeah, but with Lampard, he he shores up your midfield because that's what Roscoe was talking about, and that's Chelsea's yeah. Ch- Chelsea's midfield was rubbish before then. Yeah. Lampard fixed that midfield. I agree that Tuchel took it to the next level, but without Lampard, that that midfield was absolutely rubbish. And we're agreeing that the the midfield at the moment for United is just not there. So I well, think especially he when he's interchanging the like the other partner for Fred. Yeah. So like, it, it's funny that Fred's not the one being kicked out. It's everyone else around him that sort of yeah. Top, but like, honestly, like, and like. Uh, um, Oh, what's his name? Matic. Oh, Matic, yeah. And like, and then you still got Donny on the on the bench. Like, um, yeah. Look, I, I don't know that they're in a shambles at the minute. And like we said before, Maguire's been exposed so many times now too. Now that Varane's not in the centres with him. Yeah, I think honestly the defense is probably the biggest aspect though, Muzzy. Like I agree with you, the midfield's just shambles too. But I think um, you know the defense is in the bigger bigger shambles to be honest as opposed to the mid so I'd be happy with Conte I'd, I'd be happy with anyone honestly over Solskjaer so do you think um, and with that too like there's there's a heap of people blaming like the transfer for Ronaldo being part of that but I just sort of go well he's the only one that's showing effort out there well he's, he's the one like, that the, looks forward, like- the forwards like with Greenwood and like Sancho and Lingard even like they're the only ones sort of showing any sort of push forward like Fernandez yeah. as well sorry you can tell, you can just see it in Ronaldo how much it means to to be back at Old Trafford, and I think he's sort of realised that it's not the team that it like he left United yeah. as, you know. Um, 
we're used to play with Scalzi and, you know, uh, Neville and Ferdinand and, yeah, and those sorts of players and Rooney. Yeah. Um, and now he's playing with these other boys. I think it's, um, yeah, I think it needs to be a big sort of shake-up. Yeah. And then also Pogba coming on as a sub and then getting a red card yeah. as well. Is just That's just poor discipline. I think he might need yeah. to go as well. I don't think he's in the right space to be at United. Just, which is a shame. He's played some good games, but I just don't think he wants to be there sometimes. Well, Scalzi was calling for that to be his last ever game in a United jersey. Yeah, that, but also I don't think Ollie's figured out where to play him though. Too, they like they just haven't figured out where to yeah, play. Yeah, but it's him. not that he hasn't played well though, Roscoe. Like he, I don't know. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm just saying yeah. like I'm just saying that they haven't figured out in the position that they want him to be in. Like yeah. they put him out on the wing, or they put him in centre attacking mid, or then they drop him back to centre defensive mid, sort of thing. Like, yeah. well, they just need to plug that hole because like, Fred can't do it. He can't plug that hole. When he gets man, he gets shoved off the ball, and we can mm. see goals from corners. He can't be the one sort of man in that middle. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like we've said before, he jumps in too hard. Like, like he doesn't jockey anyone. He he gets exposed really quickly too. So mm. they turn him inside out like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then other times he just doesn't jump in hard enough and just gets two cracks at the pie and gets shoved off. So yeah. and then we can see like it's just yeah we need a bigger body in there. Tom and I, even um, Van der Beek would be good. Hmm. Well, yeah, like, why why have uh, Van der Beek there if you're not going to play him? Like, we said know. it from day dot. Like, it continues to be a problem for them. And, like, when he when he literally, he didn't, I don't think he got on the, like, went back to the sheds. He, he went straight out to the training pit, like, straight back out onto Old Trafford, trained by himself for an hour hmm. after the game had happened. Yeah, you feel for him. Like, Ollie brought him in, and Ollie's still there, and he's not getting any game time. Like you'd expect to see that a coach brings someone in, then they get sacked, new one comes in, and they don't really want that player. But it's well, the it. same way brought him in is this guy still coaching? So it's just I don't get it. Especially when Fred's getting a start over him, I, I still don't understand that tactic. Like, what does Fred offer that the other boys don't like? Yeah, well, I think we know what he offers, but I, I think most people would be willing to roll the dice with Vanderbeek and give him some time to to settle in. But anyway, all right, Snake, off to you, mate. Rip in. Oh, well, so just before we do that, like, do you think Manchester United sort of sleepwalking into the sacking of Ollie? Like, they just sort of, it'll be like, that was sort of like the final nail on the coffin for me, like, yeah, in terms think, of if I, I was a fan of Man U. Yeah, I think it's coming. I um, I thought he was doing okay, and then sort of when that Aston Villa game did it for me, mm. sort of, put, you know, put a strike against his name and then yeah. just how we struggled in the Champions League a little bit and just can't, we, we can't play at home either. And yeah. that's meant to be a fortress. You're meant to be winning those games at home. You're not travelling exactly. there. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, you think it was 4-0 at half time too. 4-0 at half time. The yeah. half time chat would have been don't concede a goal and you conceded one pretty early on. It and then it was 5-0... Yeah, it was 5 0 for like 40 minutes. Like, yeah. Uh, Ronaldo's pretty unlucky to not have his goal awarded, though, too. Like, I mean, that, that was a weird sort of like offside rule there, but. I, I thought the same thing, but I also think that that goal being disallowed also summed up United's attitude because that was a purely an effort to get back on side. It was just a, a slow play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was just someone that wasn't necessarily paying 100% attention yeah. and was just lazy getting back on side. Yep. And it, that, and it cost him a goal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, Even and though like, there was millimetres in it, yeah. it still was an attitude thing for me. Mm. Yeah. Do, do we apologise to Stako here and now, boys, for putting Liverpool down so low? Or are we yet to see the injuries come back? And we, we, only, we only did it because of the injuries. Yeah. That's what we said. We said we said because of the depth. We we never we never said anything about the eleven or even the bench team. We agreed that the eleven and bench team is one of the best in the Premier League. Yeah. But we just we just think towards the end of the season, if there's going to be injuries, yeah, they're going to be the hardest hit by. Yeah. And to be honest, that's going to get tested in the next couple of weeks because Milner did a hamstring. Yeah. I don't know what Cater's injury status is. I just like- I had a I had a quick look. It looks they still don't know, but they're not. Optimistic at this stage. Yeah, they said it normally takes a couple yeah. of days for it to come yeah. up. But well, uh, when you think about it, Milner's at least seventy. 
wasn't he? Yeah, I think he's. I think he's like. Yeah, they did say it the other day in commentary, and I was shocked as shit that a bloke that age could still run. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that'll test that midfield. And, yeah. Um, yeah. That's why, like, what we we're talking about earlier with maybe Jota going back in the midfield is an actual yeah. chance of happening because. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do like that idea just to strengthen up the midfield, but. Yeah, um, I think one of the big mm-hmm. things for you guys though too was having Trent Alexander Arnold back though too. Like, yeah, like when we saw Milner in that right back position, he got exposed so hard by by Phil Foden. Yeah, he did. like he just didn't look like he could be like unless he's playing in a central mid role, like he, yeah. he should be playing it back. But and the other the other really good thing for Liverpool coming out of this game was um, Curtis Jones being back. Um, after he got injured in the England under 21s game, yeah, um, well, he nearly had his legs taken, like, yeah, broken so again by Pogba. So, come back and have a good run, and he looked really good out there, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's good for our midfield, too. So, do you think um, uh, Ronaldo's uh lashing out at Curtis Jones, too, is just like frustration with that team that he's playing with at the minute? Yeah, absolutely, thousand you know how like players just like niggle other players to sort of get a reaction out of their own team to sort of inspire them. Yeah, that's sort of what it felt like. He wanted some sort of passion out of them, but mm. he's getting nothing from that team. Like, yeah, and the way the way you know Ronnie's come in, he hasn't come in trying to take the whole team over either. Like he hasn't come in saying, "This is my team. I'm taking the penalties. I'm taking all the free kicks. Everything's mm. running through yeah. me." He's come in knowing they've already got things established and trying just to add to that. Yeah. His experience, and then and like he's he's been a leader as well. But mm. I think like it's they're all it's like they're all waiting for him just to step up and, and tell them what to do. It's crazy. Yeah. I got a question. I'm gonna let him be the captain coach. Yeah. Oh, we may as well get him to be the coach. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Get him to tie him up and then put himself to go on That's, and whatnot. Just captain coach of the Premier League. Yeah. I do. I do have a question for you boys though regarding Ronaldo. Do we think that? He regrets leaving Real Madrid, like not even necessarily Juventus, but leaving Real Madrid for Juventus because I feel like when he went to Juventus, it wasn't the situation he thought it was going to be. And yeah, then it was the same same thing with United, where he thought for both of those clubs, he's going to clubs that are passionate, and he thought he'd get passionate players playing with him. But it sort of felt like he went from a team where Real Madrid were willing to give him everything and willing to make him always the number one man mm. to then Juventus where it sort of felt like it was easy to blame him. Yeah. I think in a way, yeah, like you think how comfortable he was at Real Madrid too. Like, yeah. And when you go to it like a, a giant like Juventus, you sort of expect the same sort of mentality there too. And it like it, there was frustrations with him and Dybala early on too. Like, and that sort of continued all the way through his time there. Yeah. Um, I think I think potentially he thought he was going to those clubs ten years ago, and the, like the club that they were yeah. ten years ago. Yeah, um, a bit like what you were saying before, Coxie, about the blokes that were there. Like when he left, mm. it's a completely different culture now. Like the other thing though too is though, like when he went to Juventus, Juventus was on like a seven seven year win streak for the Serie A, weren't they? Like yeah, and then they lost, and then they lost it that year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the year that he went there. Yeah. So, is there a thing but to it? Like, if you've got to give up so much to get him, that it then makes it really hard to be successful because you don't have the ability to give him. Well, it was see, it was interesting in Juventus's case because they really didn't have to give up much for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 ended up offloading a couple of contracts, but in return, they actually got some really good players. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in terms of that, they didn't have to give up much. And for United, it was basically just another signing. Um, I don't think United had to give up nearly anything for him. No. Um, so I think I think old 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 time Ronaldo, um, like when he was younger. I mean, um, when he moved from United to Real Madrid, I know Real Madrid suffered from that for the next two years while he was still. Um, wearing the number nine jersey, mm. they suffered through that that whole time that because there. they had to give up. They, but he was worth so much back then, and I think he's because he's depreciated in value because of his age. I don't think he'd give up that much at the moment. Mm. Yeah. The amount that he's giving out at the minute, though, too, yeah. like 
what was it yeah. 20 mil that they spent on him this year for for that signing from Juventus? Hmm. Like, for a world class player like that, that's sort of like chump change, really, for, yeah. for a club like United. So, and the fact that I don't know, Oli, like, I don't know if Ollie's utilizing, like, he's playing well up front, like, he's always getting like close call, like, shots on target, sort of thing. So, and creating chances. So, I, look, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's all, do you reckon it's almost like, Ollie's just going, you do you sort of thing. And like, we won't have a structure around that. Like, that's how it feels like. I don't know, man. But yeah, they've got a midfield that's two ways to get back and help. I just think Ollie doesn't really like, as you said, Roscoe, tactically, like our Lampard was like that. I just don't think Ollie's, you know, he's he's drawn up the right plays or he's, he's given out the right sort of having the right plays in those positions. But I think, yeah, I don't know. He just needs yeah. to go. I think it's part, like, part of that thing that like, uh, like Fred gets exposed, and then I think Juan Basaka has been pretty poor for you guys too this year in terms of his defense on that on that right edge. So, I mean, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot going wrong there that they need to fix. And I think Juan Basaka is a lesser problem than some of the other boys out there. Oh right? yeah, for sure. I look, yeah. you put you put Juan Basaka in there before you put Fred in. Yeah, to be fair. Um, but. On the flip side of that, I think Liverpool was probably this is probably one of their better games of the year. I still don't think they've reached their full potential though, too, like in terms of how well they can go. Yeah. Like yeah, there's still a couple of moments in there where where man Manchester United look pretty good. But there were yeah. a few opportunities that, especially early that United had and they just couldn't couldn't grab it. it off, yeah. Um but yeah, you've got a lot of players to come back into that starting team. So that that wasn't full strength. Um, obviously, Mane come on late purely because of the minutes he's been doing with the Champions League as well. Mm. But, um, yeah, and you're going to leave Salah out there while every scoring that trick every week. So every time he – what's that, 10 consecutive games he scored in now? So mm. This is probably the, the best I've seen – like, this is probably the best I've seen – uh, Mo Salah look like in terms of individual performance for that he's the best form he's ever been in um, yeah oh, there's not just one or two people now saying he's the best player in the world at the moment yeah there's, there's a lot of voices um, but yeah he had three goals and an assist he easily could have scored that first goal um, mm. so yeah the selfishness like it's not like he's going out there just looking after himself yeah um the team's just sort of flowing at the minute. Sort of next man in comes in and does the job of the person that was there before. So, um, but like even criticise that depth, but yeah, you can't knock anyone that's come up and done a job. They've mm. they've really done a job. So, um, yeah, you're only well, as good as your last performance, and we've had a couple of five nil victories. So, well, I, th- I think for Liverpool though too is they they've. Um, They've done well having those harder games up front, though, too. Like, that's sort of been that crucible for them to sort of become, like, the te- like where they are at the minute in terms of form. Like, they're, they're just in insane form. I'd, like, there's not much you can say except that they've been impressive. Um, not only, that- like, have they been able to win these big games in the Premier League, but they also went undefeated to the group stage in the Champions League, like, Winning some really big games. So I played three games in in a week, and come up with some really good victories all in that time. So, um, yeah, they're flying as a team. It's not just mm. getting up for a big performance. If that mm. makes sense. Like, it's easy to get up for one game, but they're doing it consistently. So, yeah, it's um, it's pleasing because we know we're going to drop off after Christmas because we have every other year for the last five years. So we need to have a good steady lead. <laughs> And have all the gold difference you can, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I have to give a shout-out to Jordan Henderson for that assist, though, too. Like, the outside of the boot again, going through, like, three defenders, like, nuts. Insane. Like, like you, can't, you can't say there wasn't much better than that. But, no, nah, good win for Liverpool. Uh, absolute shambles for Man U. It's going to be interesting to watch, see what they do in the next week. 5-0. Oh. Absolute stinky. So happy. But this next result is just nearly just as good, just on a different scale. We had West Ham <laughs> 1-0 over Tottenham Hotspurs. 
Oh, is there anything better than apart from seeing Arsenal lose Spurs is up there too? Um, interesting. A lot of a lot of people are asking: Do we think that Oli will go first, or do we think Nuno, the the current Spurs coach, will go first? Um, I've gone Oli. I think yeah. just I think that result, if that result had been like two one against Liverpool, I think Liverpool would have been a bit safer, but. That five yeah. nil drubbing, it, I think, tells more than like a two one loss would. Yeah. Or like a one nil loss that Spurs had. All those people that were starting to sing are all of a sudden jumping up and down on the table. So for Ollie. So yeah, he's in he's in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think both both managers are definitely in a lot of trouble. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think um Spurs manager. Because the Spurs expect so much, but uh, not willing to spend any, um, it's a really like it's a tough gig. I don't know who wants to go there, and um, I don't know if, if if I was Wolves manager like Daniel was, and then to leave to go to Spurs, I I, I don't know if I, I would do that. Yeah. Um, you know, you go from a club that that is willing to spend um, and doesn't expect the world of you to to a club that's not willing to spend and expects the world of you. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 Exactly. Like it's, it's a bit of a yeah interesting situation. But do you think that sort of like Spurs sort of sleepwalking in those positions though too? Like because they know, I don't know. Like they've got a team that can win, but like they, they just sort of seem to be sleepwalking through these results where they're losing like one nil or whatever. Yeah, it's and like not offering it's anything. The, it's, up the, it's the little things, the little things that the um the other the other big clubs can do. Mm. Um, so little things where the other big clubs will will punch in a couple of players just to shore up like yeah. those one percent sort of tackles, one percent attacks. Um, like it's it's little little differences um, that really creep in, and and it's why Spurs are really like really really easy to get losses against low end teams. I, I really think Spurs need a decent centre back too, like. Dyer just keeps getting exposed. Like, he is not the player that he was, like, five, six years ago. And even then, like, he was playing, like, center defensive mid for the majority of that too. So yeah, yeah. I think they need to sort of think about shifting him on and getting someone decent in there because they keep getting exposed every week. So Another good result for West Ham, though. Um, yeah. Really starting to turn on the form now. So it is good to see the Gunners continue. Hopefully they can uh, hit up that fourth spot that we had them predicted for. Well, that's where they're at at the minute, isn't it? I think they might be a little bit like... We'll have a look at the table in a minute. Uh, Next game, final game before the end of the round, we had Leicester 2-1 over Brentford. Uh, Good win for Leicester in terms of how good Brentford have sort of been showing up. Um, It's probably a game that they should be expected to win, though, too. And that's no offence to Brentford there. They've been playing out of their skin, so yeah. Uh, good to see Leicester finally hitting some form back. Um, a lot of their big, a lot of their big guns starting to play well again. Tielemans playing well. Um, Vardy obviously playing well. Yeah, so really starting to get it, get it going. So that's good. Not very good. We'll have a quick look at the table if we can. Chelsea up on top, one one points difference between them and Liverpool. Uh, Man City third, West Ham fourth, Brighton fifth, uh, Tottenham sixth, Man U seventh. Uh, how, how do we think anyone's going to move up there quickly? Oh, I don't know. Tottenham I might get the odd win. I think, think Leicester might jump up. Yeah, I think Le- Leicester will probably overtake Tottenham. I think yeah. Tottenham will probably continue to slip. Mm. Um Five look five wins, but uh, I don't know if they they deserved all five of those. Um, and I think the cracks will show even more for for Tottenham. Um, Brighton, I think will will try and hold on as much as they can, but I think they'll they'll slip down as well. Yeah. Um, it'll be hard for them to continue on that that form and that that um you're looking at Wolves, Leicester, Everton, um, and I think United and Brentford. Like all of those, all those teams can move up quite easily, um, just based on their form. So I think if you 
any of those teams sitting up top, you, you're a little bit scared, you're a little bit afraid from that sort of six, six, seven, and um, nine, uh, six, seven, five, four spot. You're sort of worried at this stage mm-hmm. um, that you can be caught pretty easily. Yeah, you'd be saying there's only three teams that can win it this early on. What was that saying? Yeah, I'd be to say there's only three teams that can win it this early on. Three. So I believe oh. there's only three. Let's let's talk after Christmas Day, Snacko. Three games after well, Christmas. I'm just I'm I'm happy to say now that one of those three teams will win it. It's it's tough because like we talk about how poor like um, United is, but they're only eight points out. It's two wins. Two wins, two draws. Um, yeah. It's not. It's not a massive gap, especially with only nine games played. Um, same with Leicester. Same with Everton. Um, all those teams are on fourteen points. They're only eight points out. It's really hard at, at, the, at the start of the season because so much can change. I mean, one player, yeah, can make a massive difference. So I just, I think for me, there's squads that can compete with those teams, but I don't know if there's squads. And manager combinations that can compete with those teams to beat to beat all three of them. Like, um, you know what I mean? I think you've got championship quality managers and you've got championship squads in all of them. Mm. So they've won trophies recently. I think it's going to be really hard for because you like for United, for example, for them to turn around and go on to beat those teams, they've got to change so much like even personnel wise let alone just an attitude so I um yeah I, I feel confident in saying that but I also understand what you're saying most about being really early mm-hmm. well yeah especially when you think there's still 29 games to play like yeah we're only like a third not even a third of it we're only a quarter of the way through the season so yeah there's a long way to go I can already tell you that Chooks are going to win next year's comp. So, in the <laughs> so that hasn't even started. <laughs> well, that's a completely different sport. We're not talking about NRL here, mate. But if that's where we're going, we might end the pod there. <laughs> I think that's, that's just wrapped up episode 54 this week. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch up with you guys next time. Yeah. Peace. So, yeah.